Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Here we go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of Midnight Poppyland on The Story Tinker. And today we have Patty. Hi guys, um, y'all know me. I've been here before. Really excited to talk about this episode. I feel like I got kind of lucky on this one um, because we talk a lot of psych stuff in this episode, and you know that's kind of my forte. So, really excited to be here and talk about this episode again. Yeah, I'm also definitely glad that you're here because I knew you would have a lot to say. So it's great. Yeah, this this episode has a lot, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's intense. Like I had to take a couple of breaths after I was done reading it. I'm like, oh my God, like I could literally feel my heart pounding as I was reading it. So I'll have to like tell, I'll tell you my thoughts when we get there. Cause. Oh yes. Yeah, I want to know your thoughts. Okay. So we start out <clears throat> with the car in the parking lot, the red car, famous mm-hmm. red car. <laughs> yeah. We all know who that is. <laughs> and we see we Torah saying you're asking me what to do boss which already like I'm not the first one to like think of this but him calling Quincy Mm -hmm. boss is like it gives me a little bit of a pain in my heart because I'm like he's not your boss he's your friend yeah yeah well and I think those boundaries are still kind of gray for him like I I know that that they have some very friendly banter but I think this whole like is he family is he friend? Is he in the organization? Like, is he your employee? Like, I don't know how well those boundaries have been set for Torah. Um, and I imagine that it's kind of emotionally wrenching for him. Not that I want to go like deep dive into that, but I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to see those dynamics kind of play out. But yeah, I think in this case, he's like, what do you want my opinion for? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely curious about like the mm-hmm. relationship between Tora and Quincy because in a way, Tora thinks he's the stupid one. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Quincy goes, throws that right back in his face. <clears throat> and, you know, he's tapping his cigarette meanwhile and he says, come on, you're the brains around here. I'm just joining in on the fun. So mm-hmm. like, where did he get this perception from? I mean, we can kind of guess like from everyone else, not necessarily Quincy per se, but like everyone else in the clan um except for like the higher-ups thinking that he's just the brawn but Mm -hmm. it's sad to see you know him think of himself that way like yeah and it's kind of interesting because well we know why because I was thinking back to episode 36 when um Vincent says something very similar to Tora like well you're smarter than half these guys around me you know why I keep you around me and I could understand why Tora would kind of play it off then because he doesn't really have that kind of relationship with Vincent like he does with Quincy. And so I, I'm with you there. I'm a little surprised that he's like playing that card here when he knows Quincy a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we could be reading too deep into it. But I thought it was really interesting that there was that echo from Quincy of like, hey, you're the brains around here. Um, right. <clears throat> and I'm sure their relationship it- 
probably unconsciously is tainted by Tora's relationship with Vincent. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I never want to paint Quincy as the bad guy, but yeah. he inherits a position that gives him a lot of power and Torah and everyone else knows yes. it. And even if Quincy never wants to wield that power, he has it. Mm-hmm. And it makes people relate to him in a certain way. And it's a scary position to be in, to be able mm-hmm. to do things to other people that makes them scared of you and be on tiptoe around you, even if you are a nice guy. Right, right. And and on top of that, you know, you you hit the nail on the head with the privilege that both Quincy and Vincent have. You know, they essentially pay people to do their dirty work for them. They mm-hmm. are in that position of power and they they don't do the things that Torah does or or his men do. I mean, if we look back at episode 13, at 12 and 13, where Quincy is kind of playing that act, he's putting on that face of I can be Vincent for a day kind of thing. But then he turns around and like is throwing up in the garage because it was way too, like it was too much for him. Um, I don't know that Vincent would do something like that, but I think, I, I think to Vincent, he likes to keep his facade up. He likes to look like the standard businessman. Like I'm an upstanding citizen. I'm just very powerful in what I do. Whereas mm-hmm. Quincy, like he doesn't buy into the ethos of the Baltimore plan. Like, I, I don't feel like he really buys into it. He just plays the part when he has to. So that, that was, that's what got me curious because I was honestly <clears throat> surprised mm-hmm. that Quincy was able to do that last episode. I, right. I know he did it for the first time, like when we first saw him. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was like the end of it for him. I thought that he was like, okay, I'm right. done. I don't want to do it again. But I see like, it's not, I, I see myself repeating patterns I've seen in my house. Like I'm like my mom so much mm-hmm. in the good ways mm-hmm. and in bad ways. And like, even if there's things that I don't want to do, it just, it's natural to you. And like you, it's apparent now that Quincy has inherited these things from his, his way of his upbringing. Right. He can put that mask on really quick and he can play the game because what's, what's really interesting. We find this a little bit later on in the episode is that he said the dude gives him the heebie-jeebies and I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, he gives me the heebie-jeebies, but you wouldn't know that from the last episode at all. Um, I thought so because that glare that he gave him that like super intimidating panel that mm-hmm. was like since he was like onto something yeah like kind of kind of picking up on his vibe yeah um but what's what's interesting and damn you Quincy he's still looking good here and Lily you are killing me oh I, yeah this is not I, fair <laughs> yeah I know I didn't mention it but like oh my god like okay <laughs> Jesus. I, can go, I know. I, I can go on a, a really long talk about how amazing I know is because and I know this, how much you love Quincy <laughs> this is this is literally my look like I could I should be embarrassed to say this on the podcast but I'm really not mm-hmm. like we stopped over in Amsterdam on the way here yeah and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I want to repeat what went through my head when I was walking around the airport I was like so tall so pretty I think I texted my friends I was like right? no, well like those people are gods this nation is gods like it's just a beyond ridiculously like it's anyway <laughs> you found yourself some real life Quincy's <laughs> like I was online at the aquarium today with my kids and I'm in Portugal now right mm-hmm. and there was some there were three blonde dudes behind me and I looked back and mm-hmm. I'm like they're hot as hell I bet you they're Dutch and I asked them and they were Dutch I'm like I know I just know <laughs> if they're gorgeous if they're my look they're Dutch <laughs> 
Oh man, man, you, you have a type Mindy and that's okay. <laughs> no, I, I recognize beautiful people in all mm-hmm. shapes, colors, and sizes, but there's something mm-hmm. that turns my eye and it's that. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But like, as we're moving on through the panels, um, Quincy and Tora are, you know, they're just having this kind of back and forth about how they're really suspicious of Gil and kind of confirming what we were all thinking last episode. Like what the, what is the, what with this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, he says, you know, and you were right on the money. That guy is suspicious as hell. He was watching me the entire time in that meeting just now. My God, he gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, yeah, there was there was some stare down contest going. But like I said, like part of me was like, you know, Quincy was holding his own in there. But I, I also kind of understand like what you were saying that like he can kind of put that front on and they're kind of staring that stare down. And then like he could be kicking like the Dickens underneath, you know? Yeah, I think... I mean, to me, it was very clear, like, by his, both of them were being overly nice last time. So yeah, it was clear that he was yeah. overcompensating. And just that one panel where they were both staring at each other, that was, like, their real, mm-hmm. you know, insides. Interesting. It, okay, now I have a question for you. When Quincy gave uh-huh. him that look, do you think that was, like, an acting intimidating on purpose look? Or do you think that was his genuine, like, Gil, you're stupid and I don't like you look? you're talking about like right before he left he kind of gave that backward glance and um, it was like everyone has to start somewhere or was it before that before when Gil was signing and like Gil he looked up and he saw it and they were like staring at each other I I kind of saw that as like the biggest game of chicken ever like and the chicken is where like two cars are going at each other and one of them swerves last minute and I feel like Maybe I think there is part of you, uh, part of what you're saying that's right, because, you know, they're, they're like playing niceties the whole time. And then when it comes down to signing the actual contract, they're like, kind of like, get, like calling each other's bluff, you know, mm-hmm. like, who's going to check it out here. Um, and so, I mean, I personally read that as they were testing each other. Um, but kind of coming back to, to this scene where Quincy's like, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about this guy. Like he creeps me out. It's like, okay, we're getting a different view on that. And I'm probably going to have to reread that scene based on this information now. Mm. Yeah. And one thing that I didn't know was that I didn't know Tora was suspicious of him. Like we didn't, that's our first indication. Right. Right, right. Well, and I, I wonder, you know, this whole suspicion, like, part of me wonders if this was just standard protocol that like once Quincy signed that contract, like it's just standard, like we need to look into the people that you're getting involved with. Um, Because I mean, even his last boss, Quincy's last boss was kind of like, yeah, he was a jerk, but probably wasn't involved in anything kind of nefarious. It was a legitimate business. So you probably didn't have to do any looking around. Um, but Taurus strikes me as the type, especially with what's going on right now with the notebook. He's being very cautious about who they're getting involved with and how, um, especially with Poppy's safety in mind. This is even bigger, you know, because now they have her involved. She knows that they're mob and they have to be very cautious about how they move forward with this. Yeah. <laughs> I love how everything is like the the web is like, like tightening or the knots are tightening. Yes. Yes. Like (laughs) they're all coming together. 
Oof. Like they don't have, they can't just worry about just Vincent knowing about her now, Shark knowing about her now. Now they have to worry about Gil knowing about their ties to the mob mm. and especially what we find out next. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I know. I know. <laughs> so like this dead look in Tora's eyes in that next panel, he's just like, I feel like he's like turning the wheels in his head mm-hmm. of like, yeah. what's our next move? Like he's already 10 steps ahead of Quincy and is just listening to Quincy <laughs> babble. Um, <laughs> That's so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. He's just letting him ramble, you know, cause Quincy's going on and he's like, anyway, I know you've done your homework or you'd never make such a wild guess. So what's the dirt on our little slimy little fish boy. And That's I was like, one. finally, <laughs> It's like finally yeah. we're gonna find out what this little shit has been up to <laughs> i also liked the um i know emily has pointed out before that like gill yeah. fishy, all that and mm-hmm. like i like how you know quincy's and or slash lily is giving us the like yeah that's why i named him gill you know like yeah <laughs> and he's slimy so slimy yeah it's a little good. fish boy it's <laughs> it's a good visual for sure um and but what's interesting is torah he pulls out a folder and he says well nothing much it's like a Um, giant folder right like to me that's a lot of information but I don't know maybe they're used to people having longer rap sheets Mm -hmm. um he says except for being tied to a much larger business before giant goldfish outside of Nareen which Mm -hmm. that's interesting um and then he says and they folded after complaints filed by hundreds of customers but not before allegedly scamming millions from them so sounds like we've got a little bit of a schemer on our hands, which makes yeah. a lot more sense now. Um, I'd always kind of wondered because like Gil's always gone. Yeah. Dude is always gone. He like for somebody who runs that company, he's never there um, mm-hmm. for it being such a small company, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if he's that small and like back when I gave him the benefit of the doubt, I was like, well, you know, maybe he had to get into some mob money to like keep his business afloat, you know, like shit like that happens all the time. Um, But I'm getting the sense that like now it's like, oh, what is this? And what have you gotten into? And who are you in bed with? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, hundreds of customers, millions of dollars. That's a lot. It's not like that is like small, whatever, Mm -hmm. like it's big time. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's like puts you on radar with not just the mob, but like police, police. Yeah. authorities going across country lines. Like, right. So, how did Gil get away with that? Right. Right. Which leads us to like Tora's, you know, Quincy's suspicion. Right. Um, with, which I agree with, you know, it's you can't easily get away with stuff like that. So right. you know, he's looking at the file. He whistles. He's like, "Damn, that's some dodgy shit." I feel like his shirt button is like getting lower and lower throughout every panel. I think the button finally busted. Right. <laughs> 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 By the way, I have, a, I have a brother who like works out a lot, and he mm-hmm. tells me he's like he's he's actually pretty. He has a narrow frame, but like because he right. works out a lot, he's built it up, and he's like can't wear regular shirts anymore i have to order custom because nothing fits me and he's like he's, he's like yeah my buttons will pop because you know like my his my waist is so small and my chest is so big and whatever so i'm like oh yeah, that's I, hilarious he does have that look like popping out of his shirt look 
<laughs> oh man i love it i love it so much and his forearm and his hand jesus like okay i could go on about this but i'm not going to because we're not even a third of the way into the episode <laughs> oh, i mean when when the quincy sibiri outshadows the Taurus sibiri you know that he's had a glow up <laughs> yes yes the glow up is real <laughs> uh and of course, our Quincy, bless him. He he. I think he recognizes the tense situation here, and he's trying to deflect with some humor. He's like, "I've never been one for mystery, but this is kind of exciting." <laughs> now all we need are masks and capes with absolutely nothing underneath. <laughs> oh, Quincy, we love it. That and, was fan service. That was for us. That was visuals. totally fan service. And <laughs> I, you know what? Thank you for that glimpse into his sex life, Lily. I can totally see him doing this. SG number, whatever, whatever. <laughs> right. Oh my God. But like Torres just like, no, fuck this. Like, shut the hell up, Quinston. I'm not in the mood for your bullshit. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Shut him down. <laughs> I love the the difference between the two of them. They're a little bit like yin and yang, you know, mm-hmm. and then like the opposite attract kind of thing, where yeah. like they kind of they tone each other out, you know. They each need each other. Because Torah is too serious all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet he like. And he thinks to yourself, like, what does he do for fun? Like, what's fun? He probably doesn't even know what that is. Right. Like, what do you mean? Like, hang out with Poppy and kiss her? That's right. fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And so, of course, Quincy just gives him this like flatlined look. Like, oh, God, not again! Like, since when were you ever in the mood, you humorless killjoy? <laughs> It's cute. I get a bit of the writer's like sense here. You know, that's, that's a good phrase. It's yes, descriptive. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I can see that there's probably banter that Lily has in her head of like, this is what I would say to Tora because he's being too <laughs> fucking serious right now and he needs to cool off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God. But then he decides to, he's like, okay, fine, fine. Serious uh, business now. Clan activity, you think? And mm-hmm. Tora says, yeah which is also like that's a that would make sense that 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 is a way they got away with it um right that's literally what they do get away with crime <laughs> yep and they know how to cover stuff up which is the next mm-hmm. thing that he says like they covered up real well you know whenever you find something that's kind of weird and and like Tora said like there's this big thing that happened but we don't have a lot of information on it it means that records were scrubbed big time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, and that made me question, like, who is Gil involved with? Because that's right. some big time stuff. Like, small time clans, you're not going to be able to have that kind of pull and to be able to shut records up and things like that. But that takes a lot of influence and money, which makes me question, like, how big is this clan that he got involved in? Because it's clearly not the Balthaman clan. Right. So uh, I think there are two theories, right, that mm-hmm. like the fandom has. Yeah. One is like nine daggers and a possible mm-hmm. Goliath connection. Like people right. around all sides of theories, like Gil and Goliath and this and that. And then there's yeah. the other theory, which is like the LR, you know, La Rosa mm-hmm. clan that we just like got a glimpse of. Which yeah. Like it's Poppy's mom's clan. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honestly, at this point, I don't even know because we just met this clan. We have no idea who they are, what they're for. They have, they uh, clearly the they're yeah they do they have really nice tattoos I am down with that <laughs> um and and like I noticed that people have kind of made this connection between it and the brooch mm-hmm. yeah 
we remember, the brooch is actually her dad's. It was a heirloom right. from her right. dad's right. side of the family. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't see that theory really panning out, but there's a lot we don't know. Like somebody in the Patreon comments mentioned today, um, you know, what if it's um, Quincy's mom's clan? Mm-hmm. you know because if he's clan royalty like we would expect that his mom's clan would be just as big so you know that's also interesting because we haven't been told anything about Quincy's side but we, mm-hmm. we could assume that Torah and Quincy know a lot about it like right even if we don't so I wonder if that's like that would be Torah's first step or would it be like oh because we're you know they're married they don't do this kind of stuff like they would yeah. know about it like they tell each other what they do or mm. yeah it's kind of hard to say and I'm still like jury is still out on who Vincent's wife is because I'm still right. not convinced that it was arm candy right from, from episode five I, yeah <laughs> she didn't she doesn't strike me as the wife like she didn't feel like she was in their life enough like right right and I'm wondering like there's part of me of course this is the morose part of me that's like is Quincy's mom not alive yeah she doesn't seem alive he never talks about yeah. her he doesn't talk about going to her mm-hmm. I always assumed she was dead like yeah and that and that's possible I feel like Quincy is the kind of person who if his mom was alive and a normal person like if she wasn't like I don't know like very emotionally unhealthy I feel mm-hmm. like he would have a very close relationship with his mom because he seems like a mama's boy like a sweetie yeah. pie yeah you know? Yeah, which makes me wonder about his mom. Like, again, I, I know that we'll probably get that question answered down the line. I just, it's very up in the air right now. But, and there's still questions right. about Poppy's mom. We don't know much about her either. Mm-hmm. So, but I will say my, my theory is, and I don't know, mm-hmm. again, like, take it with a million grains of salt. Mm-hmm. I feel like Quincy feels like he was, he had one normal parent figure. Like, the impression I get from mm-hmm. Quincy's emotional well being is that, you know, dad messed up but like he seems emotionally well adjusted enough to have had one parent who was there for him who was caring who validated him right like and where did he learn that from now, right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because healthy to be have been raised by like two psychotic parents or right one let's, let, let's hope for his sake that that wasn't <laughs> the case so then we get we get this uh, mention from Quincy's as well. Good call not going up to the office with me today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that was probably a good move. He said, if he isn't already on high alert after seeing me, he most definitely will be with you around. Yeah, because I think Tori just kind of gives off that vibe. I mean, just look at how Erdine reacted to him the first time they met. Um, mm-hmm. And like Gil is already skittish. So like he would have been super skittish after something like this. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So he's like, for all that benevolent act he puts on, the man's sharp as a knife, especially given how he's managed to remain hidden for weeks, which is interesting because in the beginning, like I will say, like, mm-hmm. I thought Gil was like neutral guy. Like I, I didn't see until we had the whole notebook thing. Oh, yeah. Have any reason to suspect him. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was just a doofus. But I mean, there was parts of me that's like, why haven't we seen or heard from his wife or? things like that like just little things that would crop up that seemed inconsistent or like why would Gil be going through his employees things because like the only reason I have somebody like my boss go through my things is if they call and ask me where something is you know Mm -hmm. I was just like that's kind of weird okay but like I'll put that in the back pocket Mm -hmm. but it was nothing like overt like dude is a psycho you know right um but yeah like apparently he's been 
out and about for weeks on end and clearly dodging Quincy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this God, this panel right here where Tora and Quincy are just kind of staring off into space. It th- didn't that give you an ominous feeling? Like, oh, we're about to talk about something really uncomfortable here. Yeah, they both have very rigid, you know, jawlines and completely mm-hmm. somber. They're very much mirroring each other. Like they look exactly yeah. the same. And when Quincy yeah. gets serious like that, it's serious. Yeah, you know it's bad. Um, mm-hmm. And so Quincy breaks the uncomfortable ice and he's like, so you finally circled back around to that damn notebook, huh? Which I think here we can safely assume that Tor suspects that Gil has the notebook and has read it um, because they haven't found it in Poppy's possession. She doesn't know anything about it mm-hmm. outside of their, I don't I don't even think she knows that she picked it up by accident, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so they're like, well, I guess it's kind of swinging back around to that. And of course, Tora doesn't answer. He just kind of keeps plotting. I think he's still in <laughs> scheming plotting mode. Yeah. Um, and then the, the frame tilts. We go back outside the car, the frame tilts. And this is something that I've noticed Lily has been doing lately with tense scenes as she tilts the frame and then she darkens the edges, like the, yeah. the edges of the frame creep in. It also almost makes it claustrophobic. Um, that's, that's such a cool observation. Yeah. And like he, Quincy says, are you going to wait for him to make his next move? Or are you going to, and look how dark the panel is. We don't even mm-hmm. see Tora in this moment. Um, and it's just, it's, I've never seen Quincy quite looking this deadly you know um, and yeah. he makes a finger gun right which which also is I'm, hilarious yes it's hilarious because i'm like dude whatever you you don't even know how to operate a gun i guarantee it like i can't even see him doing this but like he clearly knows what torah does or to the extent um i think it's really funny that like we have this really dark scene this really dark panel and then he's like pew pew <laughs> like are you fine <laughs> i mean i think in some ways emotionally he definitely is fine <laughs> but yeah it's i think it's, that's the paradox of quincy right like he's a yeah. boy who is in many ways like you said a boy right like the fact that he mm-hmm. calls him a boy in many ways he has that emotional immaturity and he mm-hmm. is like a soft tender person but he grows right. up in this violence clan so the fact that he knows that the first thing that mm-hmm. a violent clan member would think of is to just off gill right that's because of his environment and like he can't even get himself to like be real and like admit the truth of what possibly could happen like he has to soften the blow and make it like like a you know a step removed you know make it childish make it like harmless seeming yeah for sure for sure and like in terms of like what i think their next move is going to be i think Tora is going to you know kind of play the long game out here he's going to wait and see what Gil pulls he's going to gather more information so the last thing you were saying that he's very calculated yeah he's he's going to think this through he's not going to just flippantly be like hey we're going to go in we're going to go guns ablazing at giant goldfish um and I think he also doesn't want to do that because of Poppy too because mm-hmm. that would raise suspicion on her um right and she would probably it would probably also distance her from him you oh, know yeah. just you know knowing about a theoretical like okay he's uh in the mafia so he i'm sure he's done x and x it's very different than like right. seeing it happen and like you know no uh-huh. in real time. 
Yeah. And we've already seen like, he's trying really hard to restrain his violence in front of her. Um, and so I, I can't see him just out and going and doing that. Um, right. Much as we might want him to. <laughs> now, you know, my first thought was also like killing someone just means you don't have any information, you know, like you want to mm-hmm. understand the bigger picture and like who's right. connected to who and who told what and who knows what, like killing someone means the information dies with them. <laughs> Right, exactly. And there's a lot you don't know. And I think, you know, let's give some credit to Tora because I don't, I seriously doubt he enjoys killing people. Right. I just, yeah. I can't see that. He does it because he has to, not because he wants to. Right. Um, right. That's true. <laughs> will probably be a theme that comes up later on. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Foreshadowing, Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, we, um, we cut forward to back to Giant Goldfish and poppy's clacking away at her computer um and poor thing she's just out of sorts she's like shoot i've typed the same sentence three times first my spreadsheet and now my email um and then we land on this panel where her hands are paused and like i'm not joking like with the way that her kind of her distraction and her anxiety is like I could feel, cause I've been in that situation where like, I've been so distracted and anxious that like my hands are kind of shaking when I'm paused like that. And so that's kind of what I felt there when I saw that panel, mm-hmm. um, you know, and at first, like when we were in the last episode and she was like, something's not tabulating correctly. And cause we were all suspicious of Gil, I was like, oh, well clearly something's up with the books, you know, maybe Gil's right, yeah. the books and mm-hmm. something's not adding up and she's finding out. Um, but we actually find out that like what's going on is Poppy can't focus. She is so keyed up. She's like, I can't focus on anything today. And here we have the darkened mm-hmm. panels again, like the spotlight is on her. Um, and like her heart rate is going up. She's like, it's like, but um, but um, but um, and she's like looking back at Gil's office, her heart rate's increasing. And like, poor thing, she's still trying to type. She's like, <laughs> still yeah. trying to stay on task. And like, I've been there where like my anxiety is ramping up and I'm trying to do anything to distract myself and like, okay, I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep working. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's what she's trying to do here. Yeah. And like her, her vision is like kind of closing in on her, like yeah. she's sort of blacking out, um, you know, I know that people, you know, people's emotions can affect their physical sensations. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough oh, for sure. thing for Poppy. For sure. Cause like when you're anxious like that, it feels like, you know, the physical, like, you know, in, in your mind that the physical space is the same, but it feels mm-hmm. closed in almost. And like the way you're experiencing the space is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and poor thing she's just still trying to focus and she's got little sweat marks on her now and she's still trying to type away and oh yeah, my she's goodness a diligent worker like she she is conscientious you know she she has this moral like i got this is yeah i mean she's mm-hmm. like this i must do something i'm getting paid to do a job i have to do it you know i have to do it well right. she's right that's a really great quality that she has Yeah, I think just everything that's happened over the last three to four weeks has really finally caught up with her. And especially yesterday, like, holy crap, that was intense. (sighs) Yeah. Um, And then freaking Gil (laughs) pops up out of freaking nowhere. Cause like this whole, like, what is it? Like 10, 
panels were like really focused on Poppy's feeling. And then it's like, Ooh, I freaked <laughs> out here too. Cause I was like, who the hell's behind her? <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. So like, I freaked out with Poppy here too. And he's like, whoops, did I scare you? Ha ha ha. And I'm like, jerk. Up kill. <laughs> and Poppy's like, yeah, you sure did. Her oh, face gosh. is so cute there. That's like I know. the most, um, like Poppy's usually a very positive person. And like, she mm-hmm. hasn't been, she's been open with like Tora about her like more negative feelings. Right, but, right. Which, you know, that I think is something that Poppy honestly probably needs to work on as a person that like mm-hmm. the, to be able to express not just the optimistic side of her personality because, and I totally, it's a trait I relate to mm-hmm. because I'm, I am an optimistic person and I, I feel yeah. bad anytime I like, I express negative emotion. I'm like, no, 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 let's go back to being positive. Let's go back to being positive. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, but it's not healthy to own, to stuff down your negative feelings. You have to. Right. Right. You know, and them. there's a balance with it. Like you don't want to be all negative all the time either. Like you don't want to be on either end of the spectrum because on one hand you have toxic positivity where it's like, <laughs> everything must always be kitten farts and rainbows. And then on the other end, it's like, woe is me. My heart is blacker than your black, you know, like <laughs> just like stuff like that. you got to find like somewhere in the middle. Um, because I know like I tend to be on the other end of the spectrum where yeah. I'm a little more negative, but I also know that that can be really toxic too. And so just finding somewhere in the middle where she feels like she can positive or, or healthily express her anger and her negative emotions, but also not be consumed by them. Um, yeah. And I think that's really going to be a huge character arc for Poppy mm-hmm. because she and, likes to stuff things down. <laughs> yeah. And here's where I want to interject like that, seeing, hearing you say that you tend to the more the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say like, when I was reading all this, like intellectually, mm-hmm. I know that people have described feeling like this, but yeah. I feel like they have, I'm a very, very much not an anxious person. Like I've never, yeah. I cannot think of a single time I've ever felt this way. And I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky that I was spared like these feelings. I've had plenty of other, I've had plenty of other feelings mm-hmm. that like other people don't have, I think to compensate, like, don't worry. Right. Like, this is, this is not one of them. And it's yeah. just, anyway, I always feel very lucky because I'm like, I don't really at all. So. Yeah. Well, and everyone's threshold is different, I think. Um, you know, so for somebody who like Tora, who has grown up in a very hardened environment, like it takes more to make him anxious and scared. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like Poppy, who's never experienced the things that he has, right. like it's easier for her to scare. This just hasn't been her life. So I, I think that's that's actually a great segue into, you know, why she starts thinking about this kind of going ahead um but like kind of coming back to the episode one of the things we notice is that uh Gil has got his smiley ass demeanor back on like Mm -hmm. and like I know that we've been cued into some information that he's being fake here and that he's being complimentary just to kind of you know skeet out the door right um and and but Poppy's putting on a face here too because like she's kicking like the Dickens underneath, yeah. but she's like nope, got to be presentable and and professional for my boss. Um, you know, and I find it interesting. She's like, hey, are you leaving already? Because like clearly Gil's on his way out the door, and she's like, I thought I'd catch up with you on that new magazine format proposal. And he says, no, it's fine. I've gone through your pitch and it's good to go. Um. Which it's, it's interesting to me that like, 
you know, he leaves her out of like one of the biggest deals that giant goldfish has ever landed. Right. And she was pivotal in landing this deal. And he just is like, oh, I'm going to say in passing, like, hey, by the way, thanks for clinching that deal for us, Poppy. That was great. Like, that's what you say when you're like, hey, thanks for getting that report in on time. Not like, oh my God, we're going to be in the black because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also like um, a new magazine format proposal. I mean, that's something yeah. that needs to be discussed. It's not something you say right. like, oh, I read your, I read it and I like it. Like she's also a new worker. If she was your like senior editor who'd been working with you for right. years, yeah, maybe you don't have to have that level of oversight. But like mm-hmm. a new magazine format is a pretty big deal, I think. Right. You know? I agree. I agree. And he's just like, oh, brushing it off like it's no big deal. Um, so that, that tells me like clearly he's like, I need to get the heck out of here. I don't want to keep this conversation going, kind of thing. Just let you do yeah. what you want. Um, it's also morning like it's Quincy said he came in early yeah right? so like he yeah. just came in he's never around and he's already leaving <laughs> right. right like dude y'all not making enough money just be bouncing out there after like maybe 30 minutes worth of work <laughs> right? sorry dude you're this is another one of those things where like the staff are working harder than upper management I'm sure we can all relate <laughs> um but, it, you know, he sits there and he kind of does this placating, like, thanks for clinching that deal for us, Poppy. You really are a wonder girl, huh? Uh, and I'm just like, dude, shut up. Like, you, I've read your inner thoughts. I shut know. the hell up. Ugh. You could just <laughs> see, like, underneath what he's probably thinking. It's like, uh, God, I just, I, like, me and Christina Egan, we were talking, like, just want to pluck his chin hair. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> I am a very, very, I love plucking. Like I tweeze my eyebrow. I love, Oh, I, I am so happy with a pair of tweezers in my hand. Let's just say like, I'm, I'm a little disgusted by Gil, but I'll do it. Okay. Right. Like, sure we right. all do it. <laughs> like, geez. Oh my gosh. That's going to be the legend of this comic is us complaining about his ears. <laughs> yeah. Bless her poppy. She's just like, just doing my job. Think nothing of it. And Poppy, quit downplaying your accomplishments. You're a boss. <laughs> yeah. And she had, but yeah, I think her, her face is also very overcompensatory. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think she's ready for this conversation to be over. <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. She probably doesn't have the emotional energy to engage in anything right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. it's like, bye. Like, they're both like trying to get out of there. <laughs> right. Like, we have conversation but like can it be over now mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and that's yeah. exactly what he does he moves right along so continuing where we left off we have gill who is giving or dean much more attention than he gave poppy mm-hmm. and he clearly is uh, not triggered by her at this moment in time and he's like keep me posted on the arca layout can't wait to check it out which you know poppy had this whole magazine presentation layout for him and he's like oh it was fine let's not talk about it but right for, like this one article layout he's like yeah let's let's discuss it <laughs> yeah he's totally like bypassing poppy because we talked a little bit about how he wanted to end that conversation and wanted to kind of move along with his day um and then we were talking about how like this guy works like maybe what half an hour and he's already on his way out the door like dude no wonder your company's tanking you don't ever work <laughs> So I wonder what he's doing because like Erdine says, oh, 
I will do it. I don't know how you do it, Gil. Keep on hopping the things with that mm-hmm. schedule. Make sure to take time off. So what is he doing when he's not in the office? Like, do you think he's actually trying to do some legit publishing? Because they're not sitting around doing nothing. Like, they must be publishing something. Otherwise, right. you know, but like, is he doing that all day? Is he trying to like make up for all the lost money that he owes people that they're hand? Like, what's he doing all day? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't really know, but apparently like, I guess Erdine by this standard, it sounds like he has a packed schedule or at least he has like phantom meetings or something on his schedule. I don't know because she seems to think he's working hard. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're very vague about what you do. (laughs) It's like, it's like when some of my friends when they date guys who like don't really have jobs they like also write some super vague thing like they say something super vague about what they're doing and it's like doesn't sound like you're working bro (laughs) yeah and I think I get that impression here big time big time (laughs) but he's he's like kind of like hitting all the stops um because Emily was saying you know like hey do you notice that like he's making a point to touch base with all of the employees right before he heads out he's being very casual like even his conversation with um Jacob is very like hey hey sport did you catch the game are you gonna catch the game like okay that's a very awkward conversation to have like and I'm I'm still sitting here thinking like why would you be like meeting with the team and being like hey guys we got to be all hands on deck this is a huge client like we need to like hit all the stops but I mean they don't know this but we obviously suspect him because we've seen and heard inside his head and we know what kind of a jackass he is so it's just like it makes every move that he makes suspicious at this point. <laughs> I. I was thinking the same thing because like he clearly is making an effort to have a good team spirit there and until now mm-hmm. Poppy seemed very happy until today she she didn't show any signs of being suspicious about right well. you need to really enjoy her workplace so I don't know do you think it's just like part of being you know part of his show or is he like in some ways a little bit emotionally intelligent and like he does know how to get people like to go along with him well, I mean, if we if we base it on the information that we have from Torah, that tells me like if he knows how to swindle people out of millions of dollars, then he probably knows how to like keep things on the DL with his with his people. Like he knows how to put that face on and and like smooth talk and whatnot. Like I'll be honest, and I know we talked about this before, but I didn't really suspect Gil up until like the notebook came into play. And I was like, okay, dude's read the the notebook. I'm not so sure how I feel about this guy now. But prior to that, I just felt like he was just the biggest doofus. So he duped me too. So I could see how the rest of his employees wouldn't see that. Yeah. And now, now that you mentioned it, I, I don't think we discussed this. What do you think he's going to do with the notebook? Now that oh, we know he being involved in clan activities, before mm-hmm. that we were like, okay, he just might've wanted it for the money. But now right. that we know he probably did clan stuff before, what's going to happen? I mean, it's it's a really, like, we've already seen once before when somebody found information, they sold it to the police. Wow. Um, Ugly velvet suits. Do you think Gil is going to show up right? in tacky suits? <laughs> oh, God. If he does, <laughs> Jesus, I will never let him live it down. I will say that. Um, but I... I really think he's going to use it as leverage down the line. Like this is me thinking long game, 
when he finds out about Quincy and Tora and Poppy's involvement with them, I think he's going to use that as leverage. Because one of the things we don't know is, um, one of the things we don't know is that, you know, is Tora mentioned in that notebook? Like Quincy, I don't think is, because Quin- he was like, I couldn't find anything on Quincy. But we don't know that Tora is not mentioned in it. And we've already known that Goliath has turned in Tora before. I wouldn't put it past him to put his name in that notebook. Okay, so I have a theory, which I don't know if uh-huh. you've heard, that Goliath turning Tora in may have been part of him getting Tora out of the clan. Because the fact that Goliath wanted out of the oh. clan, I'm taking that as an indication that he's done with that life and he wants a better life for himself. And maybe right. him doing that was a way of helping Tora get out. And maybe, maybe you know, we know his he has maybe some connection with Lane. Maybe he's an informant. Maybe this was like both of their way to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you couldn't tell Tora for whatever reason. I don't know. But so in that case, maybe he wouldn't have written about Tora. Right. Know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say but like part of my brain is like oh shit it's possible that his name is in there and I'm thinking like damn I'm really glad Tora didn't go up there (laughs) that day like oh that could have been really bad Um, Gil Gil is definitely smarter than the dollar store Jared Leto like he won't just sell it and use the money to buy like like stuff yeah he'll hang on to it he'll use it for the long game um so I think it's really going to be because we know that Tora also plays the long game and so I think it's going to be who can outsmart who and who can like get a leg up on who in this case but I just honestly it makes me even more nervous for Poppy because she is totally stuck in the middle of all of this so uh, yeah really ramping up the intrigue i know not gonna say no more fluffy kisses but there's gonna be stuff in between the fluffy kisses (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh so gil leaves right so he's headed out the door he's like see y'all i've worked my 30 minutes for the day bye um and we go back to poppy's perspective and the door clicks and you know what's funny like yesterday when we were recording this part I didn't notice that even here in this one panel the the depth of field gets kind of wonky like the door seems really far away um and Poppy like when we go to the next panel she just has this really like worried look on her face um like she's not really sure what's happening Um, and I think this is kind of where she's alone with her thoughts again, which for her can be kind of dangerous. And she's like, this is so weird. She's thinking this in her head and she's looking around and we notice that like the frame starts closing in the dark, uh, the panels start to get darker around the edges and we're kind of spotlighting on Poppy. And you had mentioned last time that like the the cool tone and the darkening, darkening tones um those are also completely black even though it's yes. the middle of the, you know beginning of the day it's really quite sunny out there right and like you look at Ardine and she looks so far away like that depth of field again is kind of wonky um and she looks over to Jacob and he looks just as far away it's it's like everything is like it kind of reminds me of those um like sci-fi movies where like they're moving through space 
and as they're they're stretching out like the space is just getting larger and larger it just weirds people out but like you can actually feel this way it's it's a kind of um, dissociation derealization and I'll talk about that in a little bit but she says Erdine and Jacob are right here but it feels like there's some kind of veil between us almost like they're not really here this is also to me like even very sad because mm-hmm. these are her friends and people that she should yeah. be able to rely on and at this moment of kind of like a little bit of a crisis for her she mm-hmm. feels like she can't even reach out to them like physically even it looks like and which right. we'll see later right like they feel far away emotionally and physically um and it's kind of this moment where she's like is this some kind of delayed stress response to what happened yesterday and like and I said this in my analysis I was like yes 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 this is a delayed stress response because she's had a lot happen to her yesterday not and and not just like yesterday but like all of the last month like the entirety of um the comic she's had so many things happen to her she's gotten wrapped up in this world that she's not familiar with you brought up the fact that like she moved to a new big city and it's, that's all very stressful. Even if they're good things, they can still be stressful. Um, I just remember the fact that not just the whole gang stuff, mm-hmm. even applying for jobs and getting rejected yes. and financial stress, like that is a killer having like to worry oh, yeah. about money. Like, whoa, <laughs> this girl's dealing with a lot. <laughs> I know. So like, I just, I get really frustrated with people when they're just like, oh, you know, Poppy, like, I don't understand why she does this or why she hesitates with Torah or why she does like, do you have any idea what it's like to live inside her head? Well, I'm really glad that we're getting this because it kind of gives, gives us a glimpse as to like, just what she's dealing with. Um, and she's sitting there like in a place where she should be, feel calm, should feel safe. Like this is her workplace, right? She's felt safe here before. Um, and all of a sudden it feels unsafe, you know? Like we're looking at it like this very ominous moment. Um, and when she talks about the delayed stress response, one of the things we know about Poppy is that she kind of stuffs things down and doesn't want to feel them in the moment. Like she's, she, she's a, she's a, I mean, if you believe in this kind of stuff, she's a classic Pisces. Like, mm-hmm. let me not think about this. Let me just like tune it out. I'll get done what needs to get done. And then I'll deal with it later. And a lot of people are like this. Um, So, you know, and, and also I want to point out that like all of the things that Poppy has gone through, she's really not had space or time to think about it and, and to be, to recover from it. You know, it's been go, 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 go since she met Torah. And, you know, now that she finally has space to think and breathe and not be in the thick of all of it, her her mind is going 90 miles an hour and you know some people are like you know I I don't get it like why wouldn't you feel stressed in the moment because when we're going through the thick of the trauma or or the event or whatever it is like our our brains go into tactical mode it's like we turn on and we're like okay let's get the thing done or hey let's get to safety and then when things cool off that's when you start thinking about it retrospectively which is what we kind of see here with poppy should we start getting like little flashbacks of the guy in the alleyway that approached her that drunk dude um 
Like that, even that one incident is enough to, to scare yeah. someone forever. Yeah. Like I would be like, hell no. Like I'm running the hell out of here. Um, and that's what she does. Thank God. Um, but like, she just went from like, I mean, if you think about yesterday, she, all, all she was planning to do was apply for jobs. Right. And then she got pulled into meeting with Ben and then Ben got into that scuffle with those thugs. Those thugs chase them. Then she ends up in the alleyway. Then she ends up in another alleyway with Torah and still dealing with these other thugs. And she has a lot of feelings and emotions that she's dealing with with Torah, however good they may be. But having all of those things happen in such close proximity is, is a lot for one person to handle. And so, you know, that now that she's, going back and thinking about it like she's even saying to herself I feel calm even though I should be feeling shaken um I find it funny that she's using the word calm to describe her way she's feeling now because to me it's more like you're shutting down I don't know if that calm is the right way to say it yeah I well and and I think I think when when people you know I, I I don't know how much therapy poppy has done probably none um but i think people will often mistake different emotions and stuff so like i agree with you i feel like she's kind of mentally shutting down right now um and it's it's triggering her limbic system because our mind doesn't know the difference between a memory of something and the actual event happening and so when we replay it in our minds we start to have the same feelings and things that bother us about it and like we're now in a safe space where we can freak out about it essentially. And so that's what she's doing. And that, that shutdown is actually a trauma response. Um, not everybody gets amped up. Some people just completely emotionally shut down. And I think she's kind of halfway between them right now. Um, because she's thinking about everything that happened between her and Torah. We're getting more flashbacks to this. And she's sitting there, she's saying what I've been thinking all along, like, have I been stuffing down my fear unknowingly? And I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'm so happy that she's self-aware enough to see this. Yes. Like, this is, this is good, you know, mm-hmm. but the first step of helping yourself is identifying what the problem is. Exactly. So, exactly. I'm so happy that she's able to articulate it. Like, this is, to me, you know, because a lot of well, every story is going to work with characters dealing with challenges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Poppy has many different challenges, but I'm happy that this is not going to be one of them right now. Like, it doesn't seem like, it seems like she's going to be start taking the steps to heal herself and to like, think about things. So mm-hmm. I'm just happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, th- I think, especially for somebody who tends to avoid things or they're a chronic avoider kind of stuffing and, and for them to admit that is huge um and to start recognizing it is huge um and it's and it's a positive thing even if when she acknowledges it her anxiety starts to ramp up so yeah um anyway so now she's looking at jacob and you know she's like the first image of him is faded so Mm -hmm. You know, that's like kind of like she's blacking out a little bit and, you know, then she sees it more clearly and she thinks to herself, Jacob, and she tries to say something, but she mm-hmm. says, Crap, my voice is stuck in my throat and she, her hand is trembling and right. he next to her is saying like pops, but it's very, very faded. Like she's not hearing her and she's like, Poppy, 
she still doesn't hear her. She's just looking in the distance. Right. She's really not doing well. And finally we have, you know, Ordine standing off, hands on her hips. She's like, Poppy land. And now we see that, you know, for Ordine, life is Mm -hmm. normal. She has the, you know, the regular bright office space that we're used to. Not experiencing whatever shutdown Poppy is experiencing. She just sees Poppy like zoned out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, oh man. Like when I was reading through this, even the first and second time, I was like, girl, like I recognized it because that faded out kind of visual and you know kind of getting your voice caught in your throat like and sweating and trembling like those are all symptoms of a panic attack and so I was like you know she's finally acknowledging that some of the stuff she's gone through is stressful and when we go through something like that it kind of trips that that part of our limbic system that's like okay freak out time Um, and so I think that's kind of what's going on here And, you know, she's not used to this because, I mean, she strikes me as a very resilient person. And so she's probably like, what the hell is going on with me? And that's what a lot of people go through when they experience their first panic attack. I went through that myself. Um, And like, she doesn't quite hear and she's kind of zoned out, you know, and when um, Erdine kind of catches her too, one of the things that I I find interesting is like, when she finally acknowledges Erdine, she's still in that kind of like dazed mode. Um, and uh, thank goodness, like Erdine recognizes, like, are you okay? Like, Hey, what's going on? Like, she's checking in with her, like a good friend does. Um, but that could be kind of hard. She's such a great character. Yeah. I, I love Erdine too. She's so great. She's, she's a good big sister figure in this, I think. Um, but Poppy, you know, like when she comes back up out of it, um Ardeen says I thought I heard you sobbing or something and she's like oh you must be hearing things and I'm like Poppy <laughs> Why? Uh, I mean I, I get it nobody wants to have a panic attack in front of their co-workers like that actually makes it worse most of the time but um poor thing she's just like ah I can't think about this right now kind of thing and so she's stuffing it back down like she usually does um that big smile pacing on her face yeah and I'm like but she says something before this and like she thinks this in her mind before she says anything to Ardeen she's like or am I feeling so disoriented and then when we hit the other panels we've got darkened weird vibes from Gil and she's kind of recounting you know him coming up from behind her just having very casual talk kind of dismissing her um so I think like I know people are like well, is it because she's having delayed stress response? Is it Gil? And I'm like, I think it's both because Poppy seems really intuitive. She can, she can read people pretty well. Otherwise I don't think she would have trusted Tora the way that she has. Um, and the fact that she's having second thoughts about Gil and noticing that he's acting weird. Like I would be nervous about that too. Like, why is this guy, what, what's going on? He's not acting like he usually does. Um, it is also that the perspective for the shots with Gil are much, much, much more narrow and constrained than the guy with the alley. Yes. And I also just thought, I realized, you know, the guy with the alley is a one-time thing. Like if she doesn't mm-hmm. go back there, she'll never see him again, you know? Right. right. She has to come to work with every day. So if she has an off feeling with Gil, that's a lot more relevant to her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's her boss. That's somebody she sees every single day. And like, if minutes, sorry. Weird. oh, 
<laughs> except for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Ay, ay, ay. So, um, she, she says, is there something strange about Gil? Um, and thank goodness, like, she's like, okay, I need to go grab some coffee. I need to get some fresh air. And I'm glad that she offers that to Erdine, like, instead of Erdine being the one to ask, like, she's reaching out for help, which is great. It's huge. Right. So maybe, you know, like her instinctive reaction is like, oh, no, everything's fine. But I'm kind of hoping mm-hmm. that she plans to, like, say something to Erdine. It could be that she just wants right. to, like, you said, to get some fresh air and, like, you know, talk about something else. But I'm hoping maybe in her mind, she was like, okay, I, I should talk to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had hard heart to hearts before and that really helped her i think um so i could see them doing that again unfortunately we get a text message <laughs> and i say unfortunately because we find out later what it is but um Erdine being the teasing big sister that she is she's like "Ooh, you got a text message pops who could it be hmm like I just hear her teasing voice in this and I was just like oh thank god a little comic relief (laughs) yep I bet her next line was gonna be like shouldn't really say this on the podcast but like is that a dick pic from Torah (laughs) 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 sorry I can't believe I'm saying these things a year ago the things that cross my mouth now (laughs) it's okay it's it's all for the love it's all for the love we're we're all exploring things and and finding out new things about ourselves through this comic (laughs) and i'm glad my mother does not listen to this podcast right (laughs) like don't listen don't ever listen mom stay off mom (laughs) she's not interested (laughs) so as much as i would love to believe that this is a dick pic from torah it is indeed not (laughs) she says i don't know which you know and then we get a, a shot of her phone and it's an unknown number and I was like, oh, like that's a, never good. <laughs> the backdrop of like pink unicorns. Very cute. Very cute. I love mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and so she's looking and we know it's not good because she's pausing. She's like, oh, and that look on her face is not good either. She's like, great, more stress. <laughs> like everything behind her goes black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like closing in again. And the text message says it's from Jewelry your granny's in the hospital now you might want to come see her and I was like you know like I think Poppy's been through enough damn it (laughs) I love this comic but I'm like can this girl get a damn break (laughs) wouldn't be exciting to watch her get a break would it you're like Uh, I guess not lying in my bed for three episodes (laughs) oh gosh oh gosh like and part of me is like is this really jewelry or, you know, did she, is he texting her from a different number or did she just delete his number? Cause like, I could see that she would delete his number because like, he's her ex and like, screw you jewelry. You're a jerk. You know, I could see that. Um, so maybe, so maybe that's it. I don't want to read too, too much into this, but part of me was a little afraid. Like, is this somebody else with nefarious intentions that is trying to lead her away from her protectors? Um, because if it, if it is somebody with nefarious intentions, they know that she's involved with Torah. They know that she's involved with Quincy and they are her protection right now. And what better way than to lure her away to her hometown where she feels safe and comfortable and unguarded, you know? I wonder also if it, I think you mentioned this yesterday, 
but mm-hmm. now they're thinking maybe it's like specifically Moonbright because of the notebook and like maybe oh Goliath appearing there maybe there's someone who saw the notebook saw her pick up the notebook and is like kind of wants to follow oh, that man. thread also. yeah no. I mean it's possible that Tora was the only one to see her there that day like oh man that makes my head spin a little bit <laughs> I had a I had a, far, I had a tinfoil theory it could be Poppy's mom reconnecting with her <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh man I think I think it's going to be a little bit yet before we get any more information on Poppy's mom like if we do I think it's going to be through like relatives or something like that because also I'm just I'm really hoping that granny is okay Cause like, even if this is all true, like let's, let's play the tape through. If this is true, granny's in a bad way and it's still stressful for Poppy. And I'm like, God, granny, no, you are not allowed to die. Damn it. So some people were mentioning, they were like, okay, assuming whether or not this, she really is in the hospital. Yeah. They wanted her to go and take Torah with her to meet granny which is like that's the encounter we all want. i would love that i would love that but i have a sneaking suspicion after all of those kisses we are going to pay for them dearly because lily i believe has decided that she is not done stomping on our hearts but i could be wrong i hope i'm wrong <laughs> yeah i hear i do i do hear that oh, but God. yeah and also like so i'm curious if what poppy's reaction will be like next episode mm-hmm. And I'm kind uh, of assuming she's going to try to call her cousins, Danae and Mirabelle, but they're flight attendants. So it's very likely that they will not be able to pick up the phone. Yeah. I wonder if Lily had that in mind, like way back when she was scripting this. And it's like, what's a plausible way for them to be like not available? You know, I wonder if that was why they're flight attendants. Right, right. It's, it's a good, it's a good call because you would want somebody that travels a lot and flight attendants, they're all over the place all the time. So uh, and you know, they're, they're spicy little ladies. And I, I love, I, I think it's so funny that, and this is just something I've noticed recently, like Poppy is, you know, she's, she's an innocent character, but she, she has kind of a spicy side to her is how I would describe it. And, and you notice this because she surrounds herself with other spicy people like Danae, Mirabelle, or Dean. I mean, they just kind of like, I don't know if they gravitate towards her or what it is, but I I just kind of love that because I'm like, "Mm." it shows like what the other side of you is really like. And I I think a lot of people underestimate Poppy's character and knowing like who she is as a person is very multifaceted. Um, She's not just the, the girl next door character. I think like all of us, we have different sides to us. Like the cutesy stuff that she wears, like I'm wearing a, um, I'm wearing a Studio Ghibli shirt today, like, and, and I'm 36 years old, and I'm like, well, you know, sometimes you just like and you know you enjoy wearing that kind of stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're immature, that you're young-minded. Um, so I, I think, like, if we look beyond the surface of that, we can see um, some interesting things about Poppy's character, but. I'm getting far off topic, so. Poppy's never <sighs> off topic, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, right. I know. But like swinging back around to the episode, I think like, I really hope overall that this text message um, ends up being a good thing for her, but something tells me like the stress <laughs> is not done yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think the anxiety and the 
the like action is just ramping up. I mean, this is the beginning of season oh, yeah. two. Like, it's not. There's no denouement yet. It's going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, and hey, what do you know? It's three thirty in the afternoon. Maybe Gil did work a full day. Where's oh three there? That's funny. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So maybe there was a time jump between the meeting and the. <laughs> maybe you. You know what? You could be right. It could be a time jump. I could see that. Oh goodness. Speaking of jumps. We just when I thought we were done, like I fully expected to have the least credits run here. I was like, all right, cool, cliffhanger, we're done. But Lily's not done stomping on us yet. She's like, nope, nope, I'm gonna ratchet up the anxiety just a little bit more for you. Um, and so we go back to Gil's perspective, and he's it's very dark again with these visuals. Um, and Gil's thinking about a memory that he has. Um, and it sounds like somebody's speaking to him. They're like, work, work, work. That's all you ever do. What have you accomplished, Gil? Nothing, freaking nothing. Um, and we see this um, memory of him with his, what I'm presuming is his wife. They're like sitting across from each other. Looks like wife is not too happy with him and he's trying to ignore her. And she's like, we're now living in fear of being caught after that harebrained scam you pulled. And those friends of yours are still hounding us, hounding me. So here we get confirmation of everything that Tora was talking about. Um, all the information that he was able to dig up. It seems like, yep, this is true. Gil's been into some shady damn business prior to all of this. Um, and it makes me think like, and I know we talked about this earlier, like who is he involved with? You know, like how is this such a big deal? Like stealing millions is, is no small feat. Going across country lines is no small feat. And I'm just like, oh gosh, like this just makes the tension that much worse. the thing that this brought home to me was like the emotional pressure that he's under because mm-hmm. to have i know we, we might disagree slightly on this but that's <laughs> okay wife, you know, give you that kind of like it's 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 hard it's really hard to hear that from your wife and like i do think mm-hmm. that he it's i mean i think he seems like a very selfish person but he still yeah. is married and i think he does care about the relationship and even if he doesn't like even if he's a selfish bastard, like it's still not easy to go home every day and have someone criticize you and yell at you and be stressed out because oh, of sure. like, I imagine there's some feeling of guilt there. If not, at the very least, like wanting the alleviation of that criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing if like you have you take risks for yourself and you have people running after your life, but right. when they run after your family even for someone like Gil, that's a lot of pressure. And I, I do, I'm not going to say I sympathize with him exactly, but I (laughs) feel that emotional pressure. And I can understand that that would make him do even more desperate things, which, you know, it's like this Gil seems like the kind of person who like just digs his hole deeper and deeper. Like, Mm -hmm. I bet you like whatever he's doing now to try to get out of his past misdeeds is just going to be even worse. And like, of course, like he's, I, like 
Gil is going to end up dead probably because of what he's going to try to play around with. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I and, and this is probably my own bias because I've seen inside his head just like everybody else has. And like, I, I've probably watched one too many crime TV shows and podcasts and things like that. But Gil has a type and, or Gil is a type and he's, I don't know. I don't know if I can give him that benefit of the doubt because like people like him who get into this kind of trouble and they, you know, think the ugly things that they do, like, cause here's the thing. It'd be one thing if he was lying and just playing things off just to keep off the radar, but the ugly things that he said in his own, in the privacy of his own mind about Poppy tells me that, you know, that's how he truly feels and thinks. And he's externalizing a lot of his own actions to blaming Poppy for what he's done. Um, And that is a classic move of a sociopath. Like, this is not my fault. This is your fault. And I'm not saying that like sociopaths don't have relationships. They do, but they, they have relationships that are uh, focused solely on them. And so when somebody like their spouse or whatever kind of pokes and prods at them the way that his wife is poking and prodding at him here that can make people do drastic things and I know we talked about this yesterday and I'm I may be off my rocker with this but like there's this this whole sequence feels very past tense to me and I have to question like why why we haven't seen his wife up to this point it may just be a plot thing don't get me wrong um And like I said, I may be completely off my rocker, but I wouldn't put it past him to do something bad to his wife. And I sincerely wonder if his wife is alive. I'm like, I don't trust you, Gil. After I've seen inside your head and I've seen the ugly that floats around in there, I don't trust you worth a damn. And I will never give him the benefit of the doubt again. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it sounds very reasonable to me too. Like I, I, I hear that as well you know but it it could be totally crazy I mean it's it's take it with a grain of salt because there's a lot we don't know this is the first we're seeing of his wife um we don't really know what he's done or what's happened we're just starting to crack open the layers of Gil which (laughs) I'll be honest with you I didn't think that Dolt had any layers because I thought he was in the very beginning like I didn't think anything of him I was like oh he's just her goofy boss and then like as time went on I was like hmm I don't, I don't know. Like the minute he started testing Poppy with the notebook, that's when I was like, nah, dude, nah, I don't trust you. Not at all. Um, and it's only gotten worse. So I just, either way, like, regardless of what I think about what happened to Gil's wife, like none of this is good. Um, none of this is going to lead to anything positive for Poppy. And I'm just really worried because again, she's stuck in the middle of all of this. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, oh god, definitely. It's like just <laughs> building up. It's like the roller coaster train going up the hill. <laughs> oh, I know, and I hate roller coasters, like actual <laughs> roller coasters, not emotional roller coasters. I can handle those, but like, oh gosh, you're angst. <laughs> I I was talking to some of my friends after we read this episode, and I was just like, did anyone else like feel every one of Poppy's heartbeats? Did everyone else? feel that um tension and anxiety like I have never had something in a 2d format 
give me an emotion like that before. Like I've had books, like when I've read books, cause it describes how the person feels. But when you have this medium where it's, it's very visual, but there's no, uh, there's no sound and there's, there's no like physical movement, like with a film. And I'm just like, holy crap, like the, the emotions and, and everything, they just jump off the page to me. And I'm like, I have never had something where like, I could sit inside Poppy's head and feel what she's feeling and think what she's thinking. Like, holy crap, this is so good. It's so masterful. Yeah, it's great. Definitely after episode 39, like, (laughs) also I surprised myself. I literally was like on the floor for three hours. I'm not joking. Like I I looked at the time. It was three hours. Mm -hmm. of just like moaning and groaning and like sobbing. I I thought I was cuckoo. I was like, you don't understand. Oh God. I, I was inconsolable for like three or four days after episode 39. Like I was like, don't talk to me. I cannot handle anything sad right now. Like my heart is broken. I cannot deal. Just, just, you know, it's, it's worse than a book hangover because it's like, I I know in the end, like these two are going to end up together. This is a romance. That's, that's what happens in romances. The two main couple, like the two people in the main couple, they end up together, but like, sometimes I'm just like how painful is it going to be to get there and it's been painful (laughs) Uh, it's been good but it's also had its painful moments and that was one of them dear god so this is my our anxiety moment and it's just going to get more anxiety yeah undoubtedly (laughs) yeah so everybody just go practice some meditation after this go do some yoga get some chamomile tea because I'm gonna need it after this too so good grief I'm so excited for next week I'm so on the edge of my seat <laughs> I know we always like it's like you know we I, I try to make the weeks go by faster in my head the week go by faster in my head I'm like it's just mm-hmm. a few days <laughs> anyway it's true, it's true, it's true. thank All you so right. so much Patty, for coming and like redoing this so I appreciate well, it. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, my dear. Yep. And I'll catch y'all later. No, All right. I'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Alley Cat Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuckles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Missy, Laura, and Joanne. Your support is truly appreciated. Mm-hmm.